did somebody need to say he loves me? He loves me. Oh, how. Say that to yourself. Thank you for loving us even when we were unlovable. Uh, you look beyond our faults, our shortcomings, our sins. Oh God, you saw our need. You saw how we were far from you. Yet you loved us so much that you said you would come unto us. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And you declared that you would give us rest, O oh God. We thank you for your love that's deeper than the ocean's abyss. We thank you for your love that is higher than what the eyes can see in the universe. We thank you for your love, O oh God, that's wider than the breath of this land. Oh yes, you love us. <laughs> you love us. You love us. You love me. You love each of us. So much so, O oh God, that you sent your only son into this earth to dwell amongst us that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life but not only everlasting life but you said we can have life even now life abundantly you loved us oh God we pray indeed that that love is expressed in this body of believers. We pray indeed that that love impact lives that we encounter. We pray indeed, O oh God, that we learn to love even ourselves the way that you have loved us. Have your way in this place. Speak to every heart. Again, we bind the hand of the enemy. We plead the blood of Jesus over this time. Come against everything that's unlike you. We pray that you will give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying in this hour. Oh God, have your way. Your, your word declares that man should not live on bread alone, but from every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Oh God, when we go into your word today, may your word indeed go unto us. You said your word will not return void, but it shall accomplish everything it's set forth to do. May we be receptive 
for what you have in store for us. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. There is a word from the Lord today, and it comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 32. I want to speak today briefly from the thought of keys to a happy new year. Keys to a happy new year. I, I know at new year when the clock strikes 12, there will be um, shots fired, there will be all types of celebration going on at that particular time. Um, but if we be honest with ourselves, there are many of us, um, when we look back over the year of 2012, um, there, we might say there were no sparks. There was not much celebration to be had. And um, I, I, I pray today that that you will be able to see that God has given you something to celebrate about. Um, he has given you his, his wonderful son who came into this earth to dwell in this earth for you and for I. And I pray that we'll discover some simple keys to help us unlock uh, a happy new year. We go into the, that we might go into 2013 happy. Happy. I'm, I'm, I'm talking joyous, rejoicing, happy. You know, we, isn't this what we say? We, we say to people, um, we just came out of Christmas, we say for the holiday season, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We, we desire that for people. We desire that for our friends and our loved ones. We speak that in their lives, that they have a happy New Year, and there's someone here today, you're already doubting that 2013 can be much better than 2012 has been. You're already in a state of doubt, you're already in a state of weariness and weariness, simply because you think it cannot get any better than this. But I want to declare unto you that as you go into 2013, that, that brothers and sisters, you have a Happy New Year. Uh, turn, turn to your neighbor and say, have a happy New Year. Just, just speak it over their life, declare it over their life to have a happy New Year. And God, God wants you to have a happy New Year. I believe that's God's desire, that's God's will, that's God's plan for your life, is that when you go into 2013, that you have a happy New Year. Why do you say that? Well, when I read Matthew chapter 5 and, and read the Beatitudes time and time again in chapters 5 verses 3 to 10, over and over again he says, blessed is the man that do these things. Blessed is the man that, that, that sets God above everything else. Blessed is the man. In other words, when you look at the, 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 the root word of bless. It comes from this word called makarios, which simply means happy. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. 
See, see, God's desire, God's desire for you today is to be happy. I, I know you might be going through some issues. I know you may have some circumstances in life. But when you begin to believe God at his word and believe that God's plan and God's desire is for you to be blessed, is for you to be happy, you will start walking in happiness. You will begin to rejoice. And folks are saying, baby, you ain't got nothing to be happy about. Why you got a smile on your face? All that you are dealing with, all that you are going through, why are you smiling? Because the joy, Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's how you can be happy. You put your trust, you put your hope in the Lord. I want you to be happy. Don't, don't we like movies that have a happy ending? We like movies where at the end of the movie, they ride off, off into the sunset and they're, they're happily ever after. They, they just ride away and you just know that, that's how I want a movie to end. How, how many like love movies where, where, where they just, at the end of the movie, it turned out just the way you was expecting, just the way you were hoping. See, if you can expect that for a movie... You look at the plot and as the plot thickens throughout a movie, why can't you expect the same thing for your very own life? Expect the best for your life. See, that's, that's simply what God is saying. He's saying, I, I want you to be happy. Why? Because there is so much more I have for you. And when you rejoice in the Lord uh, and put him as priority in your life, you begin to Minister even to yourself. Because you, you wake up like, like Ice Cube and you say, today is going to be a good day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, see some of us, we, we expect a bad day. We wake up on the wrong side of the bed and we're expecting, I bet not nobody stepped in me today. I'm going into this job. I'm clocking in. I hope they don't expect too much out of me. We're expecting to have bad days. No, no, no. Expect to have a good day. Expect to be happy. I believe in this story today that we can find some principles. I believe there are some keys that can help us unlock some happiness in our lives. I, I believe with all my heart I've discovered some principles in this text today. Uh, that if you, if you just use the keys, if you just use the principles it will unlock some happiness in your life. Now, that, that don't always work for me in my life. Now, my wife and I, we, we have General Motors vehicles. I'm not going to tell you what type. Well, we have GM cars, and our keys look quite similar. And there have been times in my life uh, uh, that, that I've gone to my car, and I had the wrong key. And as I tried, just trying to unlock the door, I couldn't get in. There are times the door's even been open and, and I go to start the car. I got to get to my destination. I'm already running late. You know how we do. We, we leave out uh, when we know we don't have much time and people are in front of us. We say, where, where are they going with their slow self? <laughs> and having the wrong key because our keys look so similar. I cannot get to my destination. Now I'm in a state of delay. Not, not that it's been denied me, but I'm in a state of delay simply because I got the wrong key. And there are some keys you've been using in life. May not be the key that you need to be using. 
it may not give you the solutions that you're looking for. I don't have to tell you about the things uh, that you've been using. It, it hasn't worked for you. And, and I want to let you know this. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. If you keep using the wrong keys, you'll walk away time and time again unhappy. Let's, let's look at our text and, and see what we can discover in the text, Luke 10, 38-42. says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. <laughs> I, I like the characters in this story. It's one of my favorite Bible stories. As Jesus is traveling along his missionary journey. Um, there, when he enters into this village where we will find out in the Gospel of John that this small village was named Bethany. Throughout biblical history, throughout Jesus' journey, you'll find many times that Jesus made a stop in Bethany at, at Mary, Martha's, and Lazarus's house. You heard the story of, of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. This happens to be the brother of Mary and Martha. As Jesus is headed on his journey, the text here declares that, that Martha, Martha, opens her home. She opens her home to Jesus. And you know when Jesus showed up, he always had, had his homies with him. Jesus didn't just roll along. He, he always had at least Peter, James, and John. At, at least three more people would, would accompany Jesus when he was going somewhere. But I can believe that on this particular day, Jesus had, had all his warties. Had all his homeboys, had all his homies with him. They're, they're, all the disciples is right there with Jesus. And look at Martha. I, I like Martha because she opens her home not only to Jesus, but opens her home to everyone with Jesus. And I want to help you to understand, here's a key, here's a key that you ought to jot down. You ought to know today that if you're going to be happy going into to 2013, you need to allow Jesus in. You need to allow Jesus. Is Jesus welcome in your home? Is Jesus welcome in your heart? Is Jesus welcome in your life? Because the truth of the matter is, I, I know we've all done some things that we're not proud of, but guess what? Jesus still want to be invited in. He stands at the door and knocks, Revelation says. He stands at the door and knocks and he says, if any man let me in, I will come in and sup with them. Martha was doing a good thing. She had made an unbelievable decision. See, and that's, that's really what we do when we go into from one year to the next. We make a decision. And they're called resolutions. Resolutions are simply 
decisions that we make to either do something or not to do something. Uh, Martha made a decision. She made a decision. And I hope somebody today make a decision like Martha made. Make a decision today to let him in. Let him in. Let him in. He wants to come in. He, he, he desires to come in. I know you're probably saying, well, well, I was here last night. I did this. You, you don't understand where I've been. You don't understand what I've done. Jesus says, I stand at the door now. If you let me in. If you would simply let me in. I can imagine that Martha was excited about entertaining Jesus on this particular day. We know in the story that, that Martha is working in the kitchen, and I can believe Martha is fixing her famous meatloaf. Martha got the kitchen flame, and it's, it's smelling good in the house. Look at what Martha is cooking in the house. She, she wants to serve the master. She understands that Jesus is coming to my home, and I want to entertain him. I, I want to lay out a spread for him. I want to give him my best. I want to look, let him know what I can do. I, I, I just simply want to let him know that I can burn. But sister girl said, hey, he come up in here, he going to eat well. He going to eat well. It, it, it's, do, do we serve Jesus to that capacity? That Martha is saying, I'm, I'm opening my home not only to, to Jesus, but his boys. In other words, whenever we decide to, to open our house, to open our heart to Jesus, it comes with a price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it comes with a price. It, it cost her something. She had to come out of her resources to entertain Jesus. And she was willing. See, see there are some people, as soon as I said that, you got a little scared. Oh, he about to ask me for something. He, he's trying to say, it's, it's going to require me to do something. The first thing it requires is your faith. That's the first thing it requires, is simply having faith in Jesus. But what I like about Martha is she took it a step further. She, she paid a, an unbelievable price, not only just to serve Jesus, but to serve his friends. Uh, can you imagine? Uh, I, I know of me alone. If I had to show up at Martha's house, she would have had to have a lot of chicken. Oh, a lot of chicken. A lot of, lot of chicken that day. Uh, uh, the, the meatloaf wouldn't have been enough. See, see, my in-laws call my wife, they, they call her two meats. Because when we have dinner, it's more than one meat that's being served. See, see they, they would have had to lay out a spread for me. Oh, yes, oh, yes. It, it, it came with a price. It came with a price. Are you willing to pay that price? To let him in? See, the price that some of us are going to have to pay, our, our friends are going to think we've lost our mind for Jesus. You, you're a fanatic. That's the price you have to pay. Consider the price he paid to come into the earth for you and I to sacrifice his life. Are you willing to make a sacrifice for him? Martha Paid a great sacrifice. Not only did she pay a price, but also she had to consider the peril that came along with it. Because everybody didn't like Jesus. Every, everybody wasn't just fond of Jesus. She, she had to run the risk. She was being bold and courageous 
Not only was she being hospitable and showing her great concern for Jesus, but she was being courageous because there were some Jesus haters. Oh yeah, there, there were some Jesus haters in the midst. And guess what? When you allow Jesus in, there are going to be some, some Jesus haters. They, they ain't hating on you. Let, let me tell you. They, they ain't hating on you. They hating on the Jesus in you. I, I know some people just, they look for haters in their life. <laughs> they, they look for haters, but, but you, you, you're blessed when someone is really hating on you for the sake of Christ. Oh, that's a blessing. Read Matthew chapter 5. Oh, it's a blessing when someone come against you for the sake of Jesus. She knew that there was peril. She knew that there was a price to pay. And she was willing to do that, whatever the cost, whatever the peril that came along with it. I know everybody won't be excited. They're going to say, I I can't believe she invited him into her house. See, and that's what happens when when you link up with the church. There are some people that will stand back and they say, why are you going over there? Why are you over there? Why, why are you going over there giving those folks your money? You know the price. You know the cost to do ministry. And there are some people that are going to hate on you. And they're going to make you even question, is it worth it? That ain't going to make you happy. Ain't no need of going down there giving that church your money. It won't make you happy. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. One, one thing I've discovered that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. To much is given, much is required. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Because when I sow into Jesus, into the things that he's called me to do, no matter the peril that comes my way, they understood this. She, she understood those things. Not only did she understand that there was a price, not only did she understand that it came along with peril, but she understood that it came with a profit. Mm. Not, not profit, P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Somebody think I'm going to start prophesying and calling them out. But, but it, it came with a P-R-O-F-I-T. It came with a profit. Because anytime you're in the presence of the king, Anytime you're in the presence of Jesus, my Bible declares that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Uh, In his presence is fullness of joy. I told you, you can be happy. She allowed him in her presence. It's fullness of joy and life forevermore. Ah, that's the type of life that I want. That's the type of life that I need. Ah, that that is a profit you gain. (laughs) In other words, you gain. You gain when you allow Jesus in. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? Here's what Paul said. He says, when it came to Christ, he said he count everything as loss. But in Christ Jesus, he's gained everything. Oh, he knew that there was a profit. That was a prophet. I, I don't know about you. I'm a little bit selfish in my relationship with God. Maybe I want all the keys. Lord, whatever key you have, I want to use it. I want to unlock the door of freedom in my life. I want to be able to unlock the, the, the door of happiness in my life. I want to be able to, to unlock the door and gateway to prosperity in my life. But I know the only way I can have those things is that I allow you in. i got to allow you in. She understood. She understood what it took. So instead, she 
We, we move from dealing with Martha and all of a sudden in the text, it says, but there in the house is her sister, Mary. Mary is in the house. And when Jesus has taken a seat, because the master is in the house, the, the teacher, the rabbi is in the house, she comes and sits at his feet. She bows down. She, get, she, she postures herself in a place of humility. And she's sitting there attentive to, what every, to every word that Jesus is saying. She's sitting, I, I just, she's on the edge of her seat and saying, Lord, whatever you got to say. Ah, see, see, if we came in the house today and was like Mary, and when whatever Jesus speaks, whatever the word says, if we just lean in, uh, we get ourselves in a position. Get ourselves see, in a position. Sometimes we're in church, but we're still not in a position to hear. We're, we're here. We're present. We're on the road. We show up. But are you in a position to hear? Or are you being flooded with all the circumstances and the ills of life? She said, oh, nothing else matters right now but Jesus. Lord, I'm locked in on you. I'm locked in on you. These sound like some great things that's happening in this house. One person is serving. The other is listening. But then all of a sudden in the story, there's this stark contrast. This stark contrast between these two women causes a conflict. One is serving, one is working with her hands diligently for the Lord. And one is sitting in devotion. One is dutiful and the other is devotional. One is, is moving around working. And the other one is simply listening in a state of worship, in awe, hanging on to every word that Jesus has to say. And I believe that all of us in here fit one of these descriptions. At some point in time, we're serving like Martha. Then at another time, we're listening and we're worshiping like Mary. However, in the text, there's a conflict. How in the world can there be a conflict in the story and they're both in the presence of God? How can we all come together in one congregation yet there's a conflict? Because some people come in and they get it and the other don't. And the text goes on to say that Martha becomes distracted. How, how can you be distracted when you're serving on the door? How, how can you be distracted by what's going on with Jesus, by what Jesus has to say when, you, when, when you're working diligently, you, you're deacon, you're, you're singing on the praise team, but yet you're distracted. And distraction simply means this. It means to be pulled away, to be forced away. There's something causing you to drift from what's, what's most important. She's serving She's giving, she, she's paying her tithes, but yet distracted. Uh, in the text, one is dutiful, and the other one is in a place of worship, a place of devotion. Then the next thing we discover is her distraction 
causes a dilemma in the story. See, when you, when you become distracted from the word of God, I don't care how well you can serve, I don't care how great you can sing on the praise team, but when you become distracted from the word of God, it causes a dilemma. There's an issue about to go down. It, it's about to go, it's about to go down. Yeah, they they all in church, but it's about to go down. They're, they're all in the presence of Jesus, but it's about to go down. See, somebody thinks just because Jesus in the house, just because we're lifting our hands in worship, that there's never no dilemma. But I want you to understand that even there, if there's a dilemma in your life, you can still be happy. Uh, God is destined for you to be happy. God is destined for your 2013 to be better then you're 2012. Well, how do you how do you how do you figure this, Quincy? How do you figure this? Her distraction. Look look at what it what it causes. I told you there's a prophet with being in the presence of Jesus, but when we become distracted, it causes a disadvantage. When we become distracted, it causes a disadvantage. Let me give you a couple of formulas. Because number one, we see Martha working. She's a person of duty. She's a person of, of diligence. And her sister is a person of devotion. If we have the duty minus devotion to God, it equals disappointment. It equals distress. It equals duress in our life. You can do all the work in the church that you want to do. If you're not devoted to Jesus and not devoted to his word, it's going to equal to distress in your life. Let me put it another way. If, 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 you, are do, if you are working minus worshiping, it's going to cause weariness in your life. It equals weariness in your life. Isn't it amazing that church folk do more complaining than anybody? They serve, they serve the Lord, but they complain about everything. They're, they're caught up in, in all the details. It's, it's worship just going to be too long today. They're caught up in the details. They're, they're distracted uh, versus participating in the worship. They become distracted. And it puts us at a disadvantage, and God wants you to profit in his presence. Here's, here's what happens. Number one, we discover in the text that, that when we become distracted from the word of God, when we become distracted from true worship, the Bible says that his people ought to worship him in spirit and in truth. And, and some people want all spirit and no truth. Want all hype, want all emotion, but no truth of God's word. But we ought to worship him in spirit and in truth. Here, here's what happens. Number one, she, she becomes disgruntled. She becomes disgruntled. You, you mean to tell me it's people in the church who are disgruntled? I, I ain't talking about Lifeway because we don't have any disgruntled people in Lifeway. Maybe at your cousin's church. Maybe at the church down the street, but, but absolutely not. We don't have disgruntled people in the church. She becomes disgruntled. In other words, she's frustrated, she's weary, she's working, but yet frustrated. That's how you can come into church and, and folks on the door that ought to be smiling at you, they mean mugging. 
you thinking you at a at a at a fifty cent concert. They moon mugging at you when they ought to be smiling and loving people as they enter into the into the place of worship. Because she's frustrated, because she's distracted, she's all work and no worship. All work. See, some people just get caught up in the doing. And there's more you can do with one prayer. Because in, in one prayer, God can give you a strategy. In one prayer, God can give you wisdom. In one prayer, see, see we, we, we shy away from his word. And it's in his word that you receive his heart. It's in his word that you receive your purpose. It's in his word that you receive instruction and assignments from God. And all too often, many of us are doing the work then nobody tell us to do. Because Jesus is there, he's not concerned about her meatloaf. He's not concerned about the meal that she's preparing. He, he should have all the attention on him, but her attention is focused on the kitchen rather than on Jesus. Ah, oh, she's distracted. She's disgruntled. She's trying to find somebody in the church to agree with her. Mm. And what I like, yeah, she bold though. She, she didn't just, some people would just go to Peter because they feel like Peter, James, and John, they're close enough to Jesus. If I want Jesus to understand what I'm dealing with, how disgruntled I am, I'm going to go to one of them and let, let him know. But no, Martha, she's, she's bossy. Martha Boston, she said, it's my house. Y'all in my crib. And she's real bossy. She's real controlling. So she, she's not going to go through Peter. Oh, absolutely not. I can go directly to Jesus. See, one thing, even though I, I'm tripping over the attitude that she has, at least she knew she could go straight to Jesus. There are some people in the church, they don't know they can go straight to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible declares that you can go boldly through the, to the throne of grace in your time of need. Oh, she was bold. Homegirl is controlling. and she go, If she got an issue, she's going to let you know. She's not bickering. She's not behind anybody's back. She's saying, I'm, I'm going to go directly to the source. I see what's happening. All right? Um, she, she moved from being disgruntled to starting a dispute. Uh, she's disputing with Jesus. And there are some people here today, you're disputing with Jesus. God is standing at, at the door of your heart, knocking, and he want to come in, but you're in a fight. You're disputing. You're, you're disgruntled about your life. And you feel like, I cannot be happy in this. You're disgruntled, but you're missing what Jesus is saying. So she go to God. She go to Jesus. And she put him in a trick bag, you know. She, she, she put him on the spot. In other words, she's, she, her dispute is she's giving Jesus the third degree. Have you ever gave somebody the third degree? I'm going to let them have it. Oh, when, when I get to work today, I'm going straight in there and I'm going to tell them something. They're going to make me lose my religion. Again, religion without relationship equals rebellion against God. 
So she's caught up in the room. She's caught up in, in, in all of these, these details and has become distracted, disgruntled, and now she's causing a dispute. She's ready to make a scene. Everybody is in the church. Y'all ain't never seen nobody make Church folk can really make a scene. You ain't seen no fight till you seen a church fight. You ain't seen no real dispute until you seen a dispute in the church. Our church folk will fight over what color the chair is going to be. Oh, yes, 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 they will fight. They, matter of fact, don't let them uh, purchase a pew. They will let you know, no, no, uh, this is in loving memory of my son, Billy Bob. So you can't sit here. <laughs> Church disputes are foolish, are crazy. So she goes to Jesus and she's disputing with Jesus. Well, she, she put him in a trick bag. She's giving him the third degree. Well, Jesus, if, if you really cared, if you really cared about all that I'm in the kitchen doing, you would tell my sister Mary to get up and come and help me. She put him in the trick bag. She, she said, number one, if you care, you would do this. Isn't that like us? We, we give ourselves to something and we expect a certain return on it. I'm in here slaving over this hot stove. He in there sitting down. He's taking all her attention. No, she needs to come in here and help me. Well, you're doing that. She's causing a scene in front of all the disciples. I can imagine Peter saying, you don't let her talk to you like that, bro. What up with that? You better check her. <laughs> but I like how Jesus dealt with her. See, see there, there's these bravo men and macho men. They, they, they would have said, not in front of my boys, you don't do that. They would have put her in check. But I love how Jesus handled this dispute. She, put, she said, Lord, if, if you care, you would do this. And, and if you don't do this, in other words, it's a sign that you don't care. It, it, people will do that to you in the church. If you really care, you would do this. Don't know if you got the capability. Don't know if you have the capacity to get it done. They just assume with the consumption of assumption, you ought to be able to do this. You're the church. They ain't gave nothing, but they're expecting a return from nothing. <laughs> she put him in a trick bag. If you care, you would tell her to get up off her blessed assurance, come in this kitchen, and put this roast in the oven, because don't you know I'm preparing the best meal in all of Bethany? Tell nobody throw down. Like me, I, I make the best pies in the city. There, there is nobody who can make a chicken pot pie like I can. But I need my sous chef to come in here. <laughs> you're taking up all the time, Jesus. You're, you're taking up all her attention. Why? Release her. See, and that's what some people are saying now. Will you release me? Is that Jesus or Quincy? Please set my people free. <laughs> she said, let her go. I need her help. I need her support right about now. She's disgruntled. 
And she's causing a dispute. Not only is she causing a dispute, but she's displeased. She's displeased. Displeased. She, in other words, she, she's so frustrated that, and displeased, now she can only look at what everybody else is not doing. She don't recognize that her sister is in a place of deep worship. She's listening to God. She's listening to every word that comes out of his mouth. And now all she can do is find fault. Uh, see, that's why we have no happiness. We have no joy. We're finding fault in everything. We're displeased. We're disgruntled. If you only focus on your problems, you only focus on your circumstances, you'll walk through life disgruntled and mad at everybody. Uh, life treated me bad. Woe is me. Disgruntled. Finding fault in everybody. The people that want to help you, you cannot allow them to help you because you find fault in everybody. Everybody got a problem. You don't see your own issues. I ain't talking about nobody here talking about your cousin. But, but, but find issues with everybody instead of looking deep within and saying, what am I doing? Here's what Jesus does. He, he says, Mary, see your sister here. I understand she wants you to, to come and help. He looks at Martha. It says, Martha, Martha. See, whenever Jesus got to repeat your name, <laughs> he, 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 it's, it's real important. Whenever he, he has to say, Phil, oh, Phil, let, let me tell you something. Sharon, Oh, Sharon, let, let, let me tell you something. He says, Martha, Martha, why are you worrying yourself about all these things in life? Why are, you, why are you allowing this to get the best of you? Why are you allowing all these things to upset you? Why? And he draws a clear distinction. He looks at this contrast in the story between Mary and Martha. And I don't think he was chastising her. I believe he was just trying to help her see what was most important. Look at the next verse. Go to the next verse. He says, but only one thing is needed. He, he's, not, he's not saying and excluding and denouncing serving the Lord. But if you're going to serve, you've got to first worship. Because if you don't worship God, you're not going to be able to serve God well. He's saying, this is priority number one. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. Mm. In other words, Jesus is saying, I know you're doing all that, but there's better. See, some people are satisfied with good. And God is saying, don't allow good to deny you best. God is saying, I have so much more in store for you. And, and your sister, she's chosen what's better. 
There's a clear distinction here. To be at my feet, to be in my word is better. Because when you do that first, when you seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, all other things shall be at, you wouldn't even have to be crying over spilled milk because guess what? It's all going to be added unto you. He'll provide it for you. He will give you provision because in his presence is provision. In his presence is peace. In his presence is his promises and they are always yes and amen. But if you're never in my presence, you don't know what you have that's best for your life. And if you don't know what's best, if you don't put priority of Christ first, you will go into 2013 distracted, disgruntled, fault-finding, disputing everyone that you meet. But when you seek him first, when you make him priority of your life, I come to tell you 2013 is going to be better. He, he, he said it's going to be better. Anybody want better? I, I, I know for me, you, you don't have to expect better, but I'm expecting better in 2013. I'm not doubting what God has for me. I don't care if trouble come. I still want God's best, and I know it's for me because his word has already said it. I know what's best for me. And that's to be in his presence, to be in his will. Come on, Jackie. We got to make a decision today to entertain Jesus. We got to devote our lives, our whole lives, not some of it, not partial, but our whole lives unto the Lord. And be very careful, be very careful that you don't drift away from what's most important in all of life. Uh, the greatest gift that man could ever receive is Christ Jesus. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It's a gift, the Bible says, is indescribable, it's unfathomable. We cannot describe it. Why? Because it's greater than what the eyes can see. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what great things God has prepared for his children. But in order to do that, we got to come to him. <laughs> like Martha, we have to allow him in to come into our heart, to come into our home. That's what this body is. That's, it's, it's simply a vessel. It's a dwelling place for the Spirit of God to take up residence. Will you entertain God today? Will you entertain Jesus? I believe if you do so, your 2013 will be better. The best is truly yet to come. Change your priorities. You'll see better in your life. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we honor you and we thank you today. For being open.
to any invitation that we have for you. Lord, I know at this time in service, we, we normally call it an invitation to receive Jesus. But I pray today that your people are sending you an invitation that you might visit them. Knowing today that when you visit them, it's profitable. Ah, in your presence. It's the fullness of joy. In your presence is life forevermore. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is rest for your soul. Come on today, if, if you're here today and you're inviting Jesus into your heart, just I want you to lift up your hand. Lift up your hand today if you're inviting him. You're inviting him in. Hallelujah. Come on, invite him in. Invite him in. He said he received the invitation. He received the invitation. You can put your hands down. Now as a sign today, I of commitment unto the Lord. I'm going to invite all of you to stand to your feet. The Bible declares this, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That won't keep Jesus from coming to your house. <laughs> he says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, through Christ Jesus, is eternal life. If you don't know God today, if you don't know Jesus and the free pardoning of your sin, and you like to get connected in relationship with this loving God, by confession saying, I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, but you say today, Lord, I'm inviting you in. If you've never made that decision today, today is your day. The Bible declares, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart, for that is the day of salvation. It says, there is no other name under heaven by which man shall be saved, other than the name of Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to have life, have it more abundantly. He says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I know you tried other things, but he says, try me. Try me and watch what I do. Today, you, you want to give Jesus your life and invite him into your heart. We invite you to come to this altar. We invite you to come. If someone is next to you and they want to come, and they've already acknowledged to you that it's time for them to get it right. If they, you need to come with them, you come with them. Just come today. Today also, if you, you feel like, man, I, I prayed that prayer. I've done that whole altar thing and nothing really changed in my life. Well, something changed. You made a decision. Now you need to be diligent 
about that decision you made, we invite you to come to recommit your life to God. And lastly, if you're a believer today and you don't have a place of worship, you're not operating in God's best for you. You're vagabond. You're... In order for you to get God's best for your life and experience the fullness of the joy that He would have you to have, it's not only believing in Him, but being connected to His people. The Bible declares in Hebrews 10, 24-25, that we ought not forsake ourselves one from another, especially as many of us are in the habit of doing, but we ought not do so in this day of peril, in this day of perdition. If you're here today, don't harden your heart. Come. Don't wait. Come now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come now. Come now. Come now. If any of you stand in the need of prayer, come now. I know what we normally do is a corporate prayer. We pray for everyone together. We, we lock hands and hold hands. But today, you got to want it. You got to want it. You got to desire this. You need to make a decision today for yourself. And it'll be the best and greatest decision you will ever make in your life. come well we thank you today for coming we thank you for participating in this time of worship and it's our prayer that God meet every one of your needs according to his riches in glory at the close of this service this altar will still be open for prayer we want you to take advantage of it. We will not be tearing down today, but we want to spend time in meditating in prayer because we want the best for you in 2013. Receive the charge. Also, let me add, let me add this. I, I know y'all thought you was going to get away with this. That's what we do here. We, we invite you to give. We, we offer you an unbelievable opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. The Bible declares that when we sow into his kingdom, God can do the unimaginable in your life. Sow in your time, sow in your talent, sow in your testimony, but also sow with your treasure. And you'll do that by how much you really value this relationship with God. So again, we thank you for the gifts and your, your great generosity that you give 
On the way out, someone will be standing or there's an offering box you can drop your offering in. We pray that you will have a joyous and blessed, happy new year. Amen. Somebody give God praise. I know I said that was the last thing, but one more thing. Come on, Ms. Shinder. This is Ms. Shinder's, uh, I ain't even going to say last Sunday with us. She, she, she's been charged and given another assignment from the Lord to go and serve in another capacity, in another ministry. And we want you to love on Ms. Shinder today. Uh, she always family, and she will be coming back visiting and I'm going to use her for as many solos as I possibly can. But we want you to show her some love today. Thank you, sister, daughter. May God bless you richly. And we're always here for you. June 24, 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy in 2013. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Love on someone on your way out. God bless you.